Welcome to A Wild New Work, a podcast about how to take wise, soul-centered action in your work life and in your organization, all based on the wisdom of nature. I'm your host, Megan Leatherman. Welcome back, friends. Happy summer season. Uh, I'm recording this in early Leo season, which just means that the sun is in the zodiac sign of Leo between now and August 21st. Uh, I'll share more about what I think that means in a moment. Um, I'm here in Portland. If you don't know, I uh, live and work in, here in Portland, Oregon. And if you have seen the news, you know that there's a lot of activity here right now in terms of uh, protests and federal agents being downtown. And I won't really say anything about this because uh, I don't consider myself an expert or like a really embedded part of the movement, but I um, have had experiences that I think are different than what you may be hearing on the news if you don't live here, or even if you do and, you know, listen to more mainstream sources. Uh, It's probably fair to say that what's happening here may not be what you think it is and uh, is getting mis- um, construed. So I just want to share some links in the show notes to accounts and people and organizations that I'm following and that I think are, you know, really there on the ground, uh, so that you can maybe get a different perspective if you're open to that, or if it's something you're interested in. Um, I want to share something that's been kind of brewing for a while today. Um, this topic of, apocalypse. (laughs) And uh, I don't really mean it tongue-in-cheek. It sort of makes me chuckle because it's like, I think it sort of honors or acknowledges the severity of these times. But I don't mean it as a joke. Uh, When you look at the old meaning of the word apocalypse, it is to uncover or disclose or reveal. And I think that is what's happening right now, right? COVID-19, the social uprising that's taking place, Black Lives Matter, this has been a revelation for all of us. And many people are, myself included in some ways, you know, for the first time really seeing how broken things really are. And, you know, as a country, as a society, for some of us individually, you know, realizing that there are cracks in the foundations of our working lives, you know, ways of working that are too hard on our bodies, not life-giving, tolerating behaviors from others or from our organizations that, you know, are inappropriate or not contributing to the healing of this planet. So today I want to just get real about what I think it's going to take to not only get through this time, but to actually become better for it to become people who are more conscious, courageous, who are committed to really learning from the challenges of these times. And if there's any doubt, and I think we've all been carrying doubt because this is unprecedented heaviness that we are moving through right now, I just want to say that I really believe that you can do this, (laughs) that you can rise to the occasion right now, that you can learn and unlearn and adapt and that you are resilient, incredibly resilient, and that that you're going to get through this. And it might, you know, depending on what's coming up for you or how difficult it is or 
you know, your environmental uh, situation, you know, it may look different than what it's going to take for me to get through this, but that's okay. I believe that, you know, we are all resilient and we all have the inherent strength and courage that we need to, um, to even make this an incredible opportunity to make our lives and our world better. So let's do it together. Uh, I know it's tough, but I'm excited to share this with you today and give you some concrete ways to really, um, step into the opportunities of this time. Uh, yeah, before I dive in, um, I have some announcements. There's a lot changing here at a wild new work, uh, mostly in response to what I shared, you know, me really wanting to show up in a bigger way right now. Um, kind of feeling drawn to, uh, offer the work in different ways and to more people and to really support you in radical ways. Uh, by radical, I mean kind of getting to the root of a thing and really uh, helping support folks on a deep level. So some of this is happening behind the scenes with, you know, some website upgrades and, you know, branding work that's happening. So you'll start to see that later, but there are a couple um, tangible things that are coming soon this month in August. So I'm going to be offering two new ways of engaging together. The first one is an eight-week course called Restore, which is designed to bring restoration to you and your career. This is a self-guided nature-based course hosted online, um, and it's a version of the intensive program that I walk one-on-one clients through. And what I love about it you know, is that it's a hybrid model. So you're doing the work on your own, but it also includes four update forms, four modules that you'll fill out along the way, sharing kind of what's coming up for you, questions you have, the work that you're doing. And then I will get to record audio responses to those with my reflections, guidance, encouragement. So you are receiving you know, coaching all along the way. It's just not in real time, but it gives you a chance to really reflect and kind of share what's coming up for you. And then I get to um, support you through that. So it will also include access to the next thing that I want to tell you about. And this is that for a long time now, people have been asking me to create some sort of community around this work. And I've wanted to do that, but not really had the space to until now. So I'm really excited in a couple of weeks. um, I'm going to open up a communal space online called Cedar Lodge, which will be a home for deeper discussions around the podcast topics. It will include bi-monthly workshops where you will get to meet one another. There's so many of you who tune into this podcast or who are on my email list that are just really incredible, thoughtful people, but you may not know one another. And I'm really excited to connect you through this avenue. Um, In Cedar Lodge, there will also be monthly guided meditation calls, um, other ways for you to connect and receive just real meaningful support right now, no matter what you do for work or how you're feeling about work. So I'm really looking forward to engaging with you on a deeper level if this resonates with you, um, you know, through the course and in Cedar Lodge. So if you are on my email list already, you can keep an eye out for ways to join. And if you're not on that list, but you'd like to be, you can do that at the link in the show notes, which is just a wildnewwork.com slash 31. Finally, I want to tell you about two live events that are coming up. 
The first one is called Rooting In on August 4th. And this is, I did one last month and it was really lovely. And I hope you'll join me. It's a live free palate cleanser, essentially is what I'm calling it for you in your working life. Um, there's no, you know, you're not on video, you're not on audio, you can just show up and I'm going to talk about what the natural world is doing right now and what that means for you and your career, walk you through um, some somatic exercises and just give you a, a breather essentially. And so I hope you'll join me for that. You can register at the link in the show notes or find it on Eventbrite. It's just called Rooting In with a Wild New Work. And the next one is a class I'm offering on August 12th, which is called Finding Deep Ease. And this is about a season-based model, the model that I use for learning about your strengths. So I'm going to share um, a Wild New Works big career development model, but you'll also learn about the strengths associated with each season and what they kind of reflect back to you about your own strengths and how to use those to better align your work with them so that you suffer less in your working life so that you have a better time that you so that you do the work that your heart wants to do right now so you can find all of that at the link in the show notes um finding deep ease is also on eventbrite uh i want to i want to support you in these ways and if anything sticks out as um you know resonant to you i hope you'll reach out and join So with that, why don't we start with our opening invocation? So wherever you are, you can take a deep breath with me. Maybe the deepest breath you've taken all day today. You can kind of get in your body a little more present. Maybe let the lower half of your body get heavy. May each of us be blessed and emboldened to do the work we're meant to do on this planet. May our work honor our ancestors, known and unknown, and may it be in harmony with all creatures we share this earth with. I express gratitude for all of the technologies and gifts that have made this possible, and I'm grateful to the Chinook people, who are the original stewards of the land that I'm on. All right, well, I want to give you a little snapshot of where we are in the cycle of the year and the seasons. Here in the Pacific Northwest, we are in the height of summer. It's Leo season. It has been since July 22nd. And sometimes, or for some creatures, this is a period of slowing down, right? Really limiting activity so that they don't overdo it, so they don't waste resources. You know, for example, most trees are not producing fruit or growing right now because there's not an ample supply of water unless they're, you know, and in orchard and receiving external sources of water. The trees in the wild that will survive are the ones who know that they need to be good stewards of the water right now and to not waste any unnecessarily. It's sort of the same texture of what happens in the winter season. And for other creatures, the heat that comes with this time of year can bring about crisis, right? Drought, forest fires, dehydration, And slowing down may not be an option because the plant or the animal has to figure something else out and quickly, right? It may mean getting on with the search for water, producing fruit despite the risk because the plant knows that it may die, right? Whatever adaptation is needed to get through that crisis and to uh, produce heirs or offspring. And I believe that as people, we are experiencing both this summer. 
we are in crisis and we need to pare down and simplify as a result. Not pare down like collapse into, you know, overwhelm or depression, although sometimes that's just necessary, and not to um, feel hopeless, although that's okay too, but really to pare down as in just detoxing the bullshit and getting on with the changes that we need, right? Really adapting from a place of seeing reality and being courageous and objective in some ways and getting on with it, right? And it's okay to resist that. I've certainly resisted that along the way. But today I want to very lovingly but very directly support you in stepping into new, bigger, more empowered territory in your life, but especially in your career. And I am here walking this path with you. And I know that there is just not time to make our, you know, little tweaks or, you know, just figure out, you know, some working from home hacks, although if that feels helpful, do it. There's not time to sort of cower in fear or worry about saying the wrong thing or worry about losing clients or whatever, right? This is, this is real. Like this is an apocalypse. (laughs) And I don't mean that to scare you. I mean, this is really an opportune time to see, to uncover, to disclose and reveal. And becoming bigger and more courageous in the midst of this time will look different for each of us. And I'm I'm here to support you 100% in doing whatever you need to do in order to be more aligned with your own integrity right now. And if there's more that you need or more I can do, you know, please feel free to reach out. But my aim with this episode is to give you like a super vitamin dose of insight to help you kind of um, empower yourself and just take this time uh, as the opportunity that it is, not just for yourself, but but because we need your contribution to heal and to get get through this in a good way. So I'm going to share some big and little ways that we can use this time to be changed ourselves, but also to contribute to the important changes that this country and the world really need. Um, So I'm going to talk about two kind of large themes. The first one is really seeing what it is that's collapsing around us, which even though it's scary, which, you know, I, I hope is a, I hope that what is collapsing is a harmful and outdated economy and society and culture. Um, and the other thing that I'm going to talk about is how to support yourself with some regenerative career development through this that supports, you know, you in your body as a person, but also as someone who works and who cares about what you do for work or who is uh, uncomfortable and dissatisfied with what you do for work or who is out of work and is trying to meet your needs. So let's start with the first, which is really seeing what it is that is taking place and is falling apart at our feet. You know, as COVID and social uprisings and movements continue, it's becoming clearer and clearer, I think, to everyone that we're not going back to what used to be normal. It's very clear that COVID-19 is serious, that there's really no silver bullet to fix it, even if a vaccine is created soon. It's very clear, I think, if you're paying even a little bit of attention, that racism is inherent to 
the United States and to our economic system, and I'll talk more about that in a moment, and most of the structures and systems that we have built in this country need to be completely overhauled because they were built from a white supremacist lens or agenda. And despite all of this, despite things becoming fairly clear without much effort to see, many of us, myself included, are still hanging on to the idea that our old lives will be back or that you know the goals we had for our careers will all be realized in the same ways or that COVID is just going to disappear at some point, right? I've wanted that to happen. This is understandable. We're all, we've been trying to cope and make sense of this wild, massive time and change. But clinging to the belief that things can get back to the way they were is keeping us from arriving to this present moment and doing the work that's right in front of us. It's keeping us from transforming our businesses, our companies, our communities. It's keeping us from demanding better for ourselves and for the most vulnerable among us. It is keeping us from staying healthy. It is literally putting our lives at risk, this denial. So enough, right? We've had a couple months to uh, kind of adjust to COVID-19. I think it's time for all of us to kind of step into our most adult wise selves and to really look at the dismal state of things so that we can really authentically come alongside the activists and revolutionaries that are asking for our help right now. And I don't mean getting sucked into a void of news, you know, and feeling completely paralyzed by how bad things are. That's not what I mean when I am inviting you to kind of see things clearly or accept them. I'm talking about you in your body, you know, accepting that you are living through a pandemic, through a revolution potentially, accepting that you, you know, in your body feel like this is scary and like your mind, your life might change even more than it already has. You in your body accepting that you are being asked to do some really challenging stuff right now, whether it's making tough calls at work, taking on an extra workload, managing work plus childcare plus schooling, trying to get a hold of the unemployment department, whatever it is, it is incredible what you're doing. It's so much to hold right now. You know, see that, cry if you need to, and hold on to the truth that nothing stays the same, right? It won't always be like this, but I think it would help all of us if we kind of stopped or let go of the denial of the weight of this moment, because I think it's keeping us stuck. I know that you can handle the truth. I know that you can do something good with the total shit that is reality right now. I know that we can compost this really. And I don't mean some like Pollyanna bullshit, like we'll just make the most of this. I mean, really like we can use this and transform things. We can make a society, we can build something new that is so much more just, so much more beautiful and beneficial to all people. We can do that. We're being asked to do that, and I know that we can rise to the occasion. Part of what needs to happen in order to do that is to really see reality and accept what it is, become more conscious of the invisible forces that are guiding our working lives, especially. And what I mean by that is essentially the economic structures that we're living in and working in, which which is capitalism, right? 
denying the rot, and I'll talk about why it's rotten, denying that capitalism is at the root of work is keeping us in this grind cycle every day and we're getting diminishing results, right? Wages are going down, satisfaction at work is really low. Um, and now we're in this crisis where people are out of work or, you know, work is miserable for many people because they've taken on extra workloads. Um, things are tough right now. And it's time to see that and know why and to make a change. Work, I think, inherently is really hard and unfair for most people. You know, and I'm a career coach and I, I really do believe in the power of doing work that is a reflection of you and your gifts. I've, I've seen the benefit of that. I feel it in my own life. I love what I do for work. But I can't deny that the structures that we live in make work inherently really uh, toxic and difficult for most people. And I'll talk about why. Um, this is a big topic, but I'm going to include lots of resources in the show notes if you want to learn more. And I want to remind you and myself that while we might not have studied this professionally or academically, we are experts because we have lived and breathed capitalism every moment of our lives since we were born, and so did the generations before you. So if nothing else, we can just start to look at its impacts on our daily lives and see how it has affected our decisions about what we can do for work, affected our decisions about money and resources and how we feel in terms of what's possible for us. Um, we can notice how we carry it in our body and... Um, it's kind of like the air that we breathe or the water that we're swimming in. It's hard to see. We kind of take it for granted. But once you start to look, it's impossible to unsee. So in case you don't really know what capitalism is or haven't really heard a definition before, let me share a little bit about that. So capitalism is an economic system in which the means of production are privately owned and workers exchange their labor for money and then use that money to buy food, housing in our country, medical care, etc. So this means that in a capitalist system, one person can own a factory and that person pays workers to come use the machinery at the factory to make goods. But those workers have no claim or rights to the machinery itself. The only commodity they have is their labor, which they trade for money. So once you learn a little bit about capitalism, you begin to find out that it is intricately linked to white supremacy. You can't really have capitalism without the exploitation of huge swaths of workers. And historically, that has been black and brown slaves. In fact, um, you know, while capitalism started with land privatization in Europe, it could only really get going once Europeans began colonizing other territories across the globe and forcing indigenous people into slavery uh, or kidnapping Africans. So capitalism really can only thrive through the cheap extraction of resources like fossil fuels, uh, but also like labor. And it needs a base of working people who believe that they have no other means by which to meet their needs, or not even believe where they really do have no other means by which to meet their needs. And they need capitalism needs a big swath of people who are bought into the belief that there is not enough of anything for everyone. So we have to be in competition with one another in order to meet our needs. 
And, you know, for those of us, I know many of you listening are in so-called, you know, white collar professions or the knowledge industry, you know, even if you work in an office or even if you work for a company that seems great or offers, you know, nice perks or a good culture, work might be less dangerous or physically unpleasant to you than, say, those people who have to work at a meatpacking plant. But you are still required to exchange your energy and your time for wages. If, no matter who you are in this economy, unless you have an independent source of money, if you are for some reason or another unable to exert labor or exchange your knowledge and skills for money, you become unable to meet your basic needs. Which, when you really start thinking about it, is absurd, right? I just experienced this because. I needed, I was pregnant with my second baby this spring and I needed to take time away from work to prepare for birth, to give birth, and then to recover from giving birth. And in that time, I was physically unable to work and therefore was unable to earn money, right? Without having another earner in my household, we would have been dependent upon others or the government to provide us with food and housing which like once you really start thinking about it is so backwards. And, you know, we think of capitalism and this way of doing things as inevitable, but it was never inevitable. And we have options outside of it. It doesn't have to be this way. Before capitalism really got anchored and going, communities worked with the land around them to grow food, to provide shelter, to create art. But as land became more and more privatized, our ancestors lost the ability to meet their own needs directly, right? They became separated from that. So capitalism breeds dependence upon those who own the means of production, and it makes you less resilient, even as you kind of you know, you pour your blood, sweat, and tears into your work, but it keeps you dependent upon those who can pay you a wage. Even if you work for yourself, right? I I work for myself and I love my clients. And I recognize that we have to make that exchange in order for me to buy food and take care of myself and my children. It is a choice, we do get to decide how we want to work with, within this reality, but it's not um, its not the totally independent autonomous choice that I think a lot of career coaches or people in the career development scene want you to believe, right? We're all making choices within the constraints of this uh, really harmful system. So we do the best we can. Um, capitalism would be impossible with without two things. So one is white supremacy, which I mentioned, and the other is neoliberalism. And this is kind of a vague term, but I'll share a definition that I liked from a book called The Handbook of Neoliberalism. And it says, at a base level, we can say that when we make reference to neoliberalism, we're generally referring to the new political, economic, and social arrangements within society that emphasize market relations, retasking the role of the state and individual responsibility. Most scholars tend to agree that neoliberalism is broadly defined as the extension of competitive markets into all areas of life, including the economy, politics, and society. So if that didn't land for you, that's fine. I'm still working through it myself. My understanding of neoliberalism and this phenomenon is, I think, most obvious in the belief that if your life is hard, it's your fault. 
it's this internalized capitalism, essentially this internalized competition or um, sort of uh, convoluted sense of individual responsibility where everything that is wrong or difficult in your life is designed to uh, or is meant to make you believe that it's something you're doing wrong, right? If you're unable to earn enough money to meet your needs, it's because you're not working hard enough. Or if you're stressed, it's because you need to meditate more, right? It couldn't be the totally fucked up structures or companies or society that you're living in, right? And this is a a thought system that really got going in the 80s. And it is a powerful story that a lot of us have internalized. And it's different than taking personal responsibility. I'm not against taking personal responsibility. Of course, we all have aspects of our lives that are within our control and that we do need to take responsibility for, you know, um, our attitudes, the choices we make, what we do within the constraints of our lives. But very often we attribute blame to ourselves or to other individuals when really we are all just doing the best we can within an absolutely toxic selfish and careless society. So the next time you're beating yourself up about having a hard time right now, or um, thinking that you're doing something wrong because this is really tough, or you're having a, a hard time at work, or you can't find work, take a deep breath and just remember that that's it is not all on you. There are incredible big influences all around you that are making it very difficult and you you're doing the best you can and I see that and the people who love you in your life are going to see that. I want to give you an example of how capitalism and neoliberalism kind of intersect. Um, so you know about if you live in the United States you know about the CARES Act, uh, the economic stem- stimulus bill that was passed in March. This was a 2.2 trillion dollar deal or package that Congress passed and 877 billion of that or almost half of it went to corporations 500 billion of which went to large corporations okay and not just corporations but a lot of it went to what's called a stealth bailout of the oil and gas industry so this stimulus package was touted as this you know relief bill for individuals but what it really was, uh, was a huge bailout for corporate America, because that's what we uh, value in this country or what we've decided um, is acceptable, not us necessarily, but, you know, the powers that be. So with this bill, bankrupt companies got a tax loophole where they could claim losses from previous years and be eligible for millions in aid, including millions in bonuses for their top executives. Okay, so companies that should never have existed and shouldn't keep existing, companies that, you know, mine for fossil fuels and put your climate at risk and really couldn't give a shit about your health, made hundreds of millions of dollars from that bill. So $500 billion was set aside for a limited number of corporations, many of which funneled that money then to their executive teams, okay? About the same amount, $500 billion, was set aside to provide aid to nearly 200 million individuals, okay? So a way larger pool of recipients. That translated into one, okay, one, we've received one check for $1,200 or so, more if you have kids, 
and it included funding for an extra $600 per week in unemployment aid if you qualified uh, and if you could get through the total clusterfuck of applications that was required to access that money. Okay, and this is limited, right? This $600 a week is ending uh, this week, I think. Okay, so after this, there's no more. And as far as I can tell, there's no more aid on the horizon. Okay, and I, it's sad because I think a lot of Americans were like, wow, you know, we don't get anything, any help from the government, like one $1,200 check, you know, great. Uh, but compared to what the uh, targets and Walmarts of the world received, it's really a pittance. And um, I wonder, you know, if you were paying attention to any of the news in that time, which payout was seen as more controversial? Like, what did you hear the most about? I heard a lot about how the extra $600 per week was going to motivate people to stay home and not return to work. And workers are, you know, a lazy group of people who, you know, if you give them a little bit extra, they're never going to get back and start stimulating the economy again. Right? That's what I heard about. And you, in this framework, you as an individual are expected to somehow survive these incredible times, even if you're still working, which is beautiful. You know, I I hope, I truly hope you're able to meet your needs in this time, but you're still expected to have a savings account or to somehow get through this, right? Without help, maybe without healthcare. But in the meantime, oil executives just got a huge bonus check, even as the employees they laid off had to ask for and make a case for getting basic unemployment aid or $600 extra per week, if that. You know, what the fuck? Really? And and while I'm angry, I just, I'll take this moment to say, you know, fuck you, Lindsey Graham. Fuck you, Mitch McConnell. This is the world that we're living in, and it's absurd. It, it's not only absurd, it's deadly. It is literally killing people. It's killing the poor who are under incredible, the incredible weight of trying to meet their needs, who are working two, three jobs just to put food on their table or to buy health care. It's killing black people. It's killing brown people. It's hurting everyone in varying degrees, even if you see yourself as a beneficiary of capitalism, which many of us who are white, um, middle, upper class have been, right? We've benefited from this system. But if you have not seen already how harmful it is, I hope you see it now. It really has to change. Our values are completely backwards. So what are we going to do once we see the toxic waste dump that is at the heart of work in this society and in the in most countries? Honestly, capitalism is a scourge that has taken over the globe. You know, part of what's hard for me as a career coach is that it can feel like the changes that we make you know, what I work through with my one-on-one clients, it, sometimes it can feel like it's not enough because we're still stuck in this system that requires us to work too much to, to exchange our knowledge and our skills for wages, um, often not on our own terms, just in order to survive. But it's not all bleak. Okay. I think of my work and what I'm inviting you to do right now as really harm reduction, acknowledging that capitalism isn't going away overnight. So really looking at how we can get you as taken care of and close to the work that you're meant to be doing right now. Because I know without a doubt that that is one of the most effective ways to create a life that is the antidote to the pain of capitalism. 
We can't fix things immediately, but you can get real about the changes you know you need to make in your own working life. And by doing so, you create energy for other people to do the same. You become more capable of lifting others up along with you. And this, I'm not talking about some trickle-down economics bullshit like Jeff Bezos, you know, <laughs> you know, people making more money, you know, despite decades and decades of trying or like buying into this belief, billionaires do not trickle down money. They don't help us in any way, right? No one needs to be a billionaire. It's just not working and that money should most certainly be equitably distributed so that everyone can survive and have a nice life and there's more than enough money to provide for that. So I'm not talking about that, like you should just become a billionaire and whatever. I'm talking about when you are getting really aligned with what is important to you and doing your work in a way that is unique to you, having a positive impact. And I've seen this with I can think of every recent client that I've worked with has done beautiful things for their communities as a result of getting right in their own careers, okay? It opens up energy. So don't shy away from the reality that we're working within, but here are some other things that I would encourage you to do. I, I want to emphasize again that really letting go of the belief that everything or anything wrong in your career is your fault and really encourage you to embrace your talent instead. And I know it might sound cheesy, but I really do believe that this time can be like a crucible in which you could learn how to do your best work. Not that it would be easy or that you know it would all happen overnight, but there really is no more time to mess around with the work that you despise doing or that you know, spending a lot of time on like your quote unquote weaknesses, like what is your best work? What are the ways that you do your work uniquely and beautifully? How can we magnify that and grow it and nurture it? It's really time to commit to it, even if you're not totally sure what that looks like or if it feels imperfect. And if you need help learning about what your strengths are and really living them out, you know, come to my class on August 12th or work with me. Like this is a core part of what I help people do and I want to support you in doing it. So we've talked about letting go of kind of delusional thinking, really seeing what it is we're up against right now. We've talked about letting go of the belief that you are the only driver of your career and that sort of neoliberalism BS um, really committing to doing your best work. And now I want to share two other things, performance management and living out your values. So performance management is this um, loaded and kind of horrible term in HR about uh, how to essentially get people to be more productive in the workplace. But I want to kind of change the definition of that. Um, the intensity of this time is really unlike any other I have experienced in my lifetime, and I know many of you feel the same way. Um, I am not an athlete at all. If you know me, <laughs> then you know uh, sports and me you know, just really don't gel. But I do like to think of this time as an invitation to sort of take on the approach of being a top athlete, really being someone who needs to be firing on all cylinders, which doesn't mean that you need to berate yourself or, you know, go on a diet or deprive yourself of anything, but really like helping yourself to feel 
good, like giving your body what it really wants. Because to sur- to not just to survive, but to actually do well in the midst of these times, we really need to learn some new coping strategies that get us back to basics, okay? Capitalism is inherently extractive, right? It's a system that is designed to take as much as it can for as little payout, right? It's It thrives when it can take as much from the earth or from workers and you know, with as little payout as possible. And we internalize this and we relate to our bodies this way and our relationships this way. A lot of us are still working in ways that we did, you know, before COVID or before things felt really tough. Uh, ways where we're just focused on output or productivity, we're fueled by caffeine, we're on these cycles of overexertion and fatigue. But just like this crisis is showing us the cracks in our economic system, it is also showing us the cracks in the way that we cope. You know, in my own life, I'm thinking about how far I need to go to really take care of myself in the midst of all this. Because using my typical approaches just is not working. I'm still in this place where like, you know, I'm taking in all of the weight of the world and, you know, I'm aware, even if I don't check the news often, I'm aware of what is happening. Um, And on top of that, I'm managing, you know, everything that all of us is managing, just trying to get through my day-to-day life. So if capitalism is extractive and if we are relating to ourselves and our bodies that way, the alternative can be regenerative. So really notice when you're trying to pull energy from yourself, even though it's not really there, right? Consider how you can actually regenerate and move through this time in a more sustainable way that really honors your sanctity and honors the mythic importance of this time. For me, I think that needs to look like really limiting social media, watching less TV, honoring my need for more sleep, eating really simple foods, you know, amping up the vitamins. And this isn't me this isn't about like me failing or like I'm not doing enough or I'm bad because this is tough. This is really about facing the reality and adapting as wisely as I can so that I do have the capacity to care for myself and others, really helping the people that I want to help to get through this time. So consider where you could really stretch in the way of self-preservation. You know, what care strategies have you never tried before that you're ready to try now? What is like the farthest you can go? And I encourage you to redefine your definition of performance. You know, top performance, at least in the organizational context, has meant like top productivity, right? And right now, I see peak performance as really making space for clear thought and action, right? If you are at the top of your game, it can mean being able to see and think and act very clearly and in integrity with yourself. We need that. We need more wisdom, more intentionality right now. And that's a lot easier to have if we're taking good care of our nervous systems. Finally, I want to talk about living out our values. Um, A couple months ago, I watched a video by Rachel Rogers, who's a business coach for women, and she shared some really impassioned thoughts about the Black Lives Matter movement and um, how white liberal women especially were engaging with it. Um, She's black, and one of the things that she said really struck me. She said, and this was directed at 
at white people, namely white liberal women. She said, if it's not costing you anything, it's not enough. And that really stuck with me as a barometer for how I can stretch myself to really live out my values right now, even though some days I want to just curl up and pretend like none of this is happening. I know a lot of you listening are in positions of influence of some kind. You're in an organization, you're in human resources, you own your own business, whatever it is. And for those of us with impact, which is all of us really, There is an invitation right now to expand our work in a way that is even more protective and caring of others and to do what's really important to us. And if you don't know what your values are, you know, there will be a class about that in Cedar Lodge in a couple of weeks, or you can check out the previous episode, episode 30, which includes an exercise on how to learn more about them. Um, And, you know, living out your values may mean that our career takes a hit initially, you know, I don't know, I don't know how you're receiving this episode. I know I've sworn I've cursed a lot more than I have in previous episodes. Um, I don't know what that may cost me, but I really believe in the inherent value of saying what is true for you and living in integrity. Um, And I believe that in the long run, that really enables us to do better work and have a better life. You know, we in this culture, at least I was taught to really value individualism and value um, myself and my experience as like the primary measure of how well things were going, right? Like, was I having a good time? Was I getting my needs met? Was I having fun or whatever? But I hope that we're learning to really see community and collective well-being as inherently related to individual well-being, right? When you're doing well, I do well. Like when we're all taken care of, the this world can be a place where all of our children get to thrive and and be healthy, right? Capitalism and neoliberalism are these ingrained systems that each of us have grown up in. And once you start to see them, you realize how harmful they really are to every living being on this planet, especially those who are the most taken advantage of by them. So where are the areas in your life and your career where it feels too costly to speak up or like too costly to make a change? I know that even if you don't want to go to the farthest extent there, I know that you can rise to the occasion right now. I know that you can do things that feel difficult or scary And I know the odds seem insurmountable. I have no idea how we're going to get through this or what it's going to look like or what needs to be created on the other side. But despite all of this, we're here, right? We're alive in this moment. We are invited to really be revitalized by awareness, by our strengths, doing the things that come naturally to us, doing our best work, you know, regenerating in our bodies and relating to ourselves in sustainable ways and really living out our values. Because even in the midst of everything that's going on, you can still be the best, most generous, most courageous version of yourself. Not all the time, maybe that's okay. But now is an opportunity to be that, to kind of stretch and be that more often. And I don't want you to miss out on that. 
We need you to step up right now. We need you to make the hard changes, to stop putting up with the bullshit, to take care of yourself, really. There's so much work to do and so much wonderful work taking place that you can get involved in, that that people want you to be involved in, right? The last thing I'll say is that, you know, capitalism rose to prominence in Europe in the Middle Ages, like the 15th century, through the destruction of communities, right? There's a book that I'll link to in the show notes called Caliban and the Witch by Silvia Federici, where she very clearly documents that capitalism came to prominence because of the witch hunts that were happening, right? This economic structure that we're living in now could only grow because people were suspicious of one another. They were angry. The poor and working classes were pitted against one another. So the way out of this and into a new, more just economy is hand in hand with one another, with our, our collective well-being, each of us being fully awake to our talents, to our desires, which might be changing as we face this crisis, but that's okay. We have to remember that we can do better than this. We all deserve better than this. So, you know, join mutual aid groups, donate to them, lift up your neighbors, do the hard work. I know you can. I know that you can handle this. Not that it's always going to be easy, but I know that long-term you can do this. So thank you for sharing this time with me. This felt like an, an important episode for me personally to share, and I really hope that it's been supportive to you. Um, if it resonated, you know, please take a minute to rate the podcast, subscribe, um, engage with the work in some way so that it can be shared with others. Um, I would appreciate that so much. So until next month, you know, let this kind of digest. I'd love to hear how it lands for you, how it settles in. Uh, you can always email me at hello at a wildnewwork.com or reach out on Instagram. Um, I'd love to hear how you're doing and how you're taking care. And I'll be with you again in about a month. Bye. Bye.